everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast. I am Jody Grinwald. This week, my guest is Fred Waziak, president and CEO of the Food Bank of South Jersey. Fred and I talk about so many different topics, and the messages and lessons are truly in abundance during this episode. Some of the lessons that Fred shares include when you are present in the presence of others, that is truly a present. And that mindfulness, compassion, and selflessness are three key ingredients for people who are hungry for leadership. We discussed how the South Jersey Food Bank has always been a frontline organization, but of course the demand increased exponentially since March 2020. Your support can truly help make a difference. Go to foodbanksj.org to learn more. Knowing how important it is to support his staff, he continues to find creative ways to keep them cohesive. Fred talks about how imperative it is to trust and empower your team. There is a great story of something they do as an organization where neighborhoods have been created internally for the staff and how all are asked to join one no matter what department they are in. These are not the neighborhoods in which they serve. You will have to listen in to hear more about this great and creative concept. There is a moment in this episode where Fred shares a story about patience and how everything has its place in time. Fred and his daughter graduated for their master's degrees at the same college at the same time. This is a must-listen-to story. I could have talked with Fred for hours, as his energy and the information he shares in itself is a motivator. I believe that Fred is the type of changemaker that truly doesn't know how much he positively impacts those around him. Fred is leading the global networking portion of the Today is the Day International Changemakers Forum, Challenge Yourself, Disrupt the Status Quo, on Thursday, March 24th. To meet Fred, learn more about the forum, the six Ignite Your Spark breakout session topics, the global mission moment, purchase tickets, sponsorships, or put a special ad in our Inspire Change section of our journal, visit todayistheday.liveit.com for this virtual forum. Your participation at any level will help you expand your reach and your sphere of influence. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Today Is The Day Live It. The views expressed by all Today Is The Day Changemakers podcast guests are their own. Their appearance on the Today Is The Day Changemakers podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. Happy holidays, everyone, and have a great week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast. I am Jody Grinwald, and every single week I say the same thing. I get to interview the most incredible human beings who are making a difference in the world. And today I have one of those incredible people with me, Fred Waziak. Hi, Fred. How are you? Good morning. I am well, Jody. Good to see you. Always good to see you as well. And Fred, I'm going to read from your bio because I think that it's so important for people to know. Mm. Um, background from your words. And so uh, Fred Waziak is the president and CEO of the South Jersey Food Bank. He was named president and CEO of the Food Bank in 2018. He oversees all aspects of the organization, including financial sustainability, operational efficiency, community engagement, advocacy, staff enrichment, and board development. An accomplished executive with over 35 years of management and leadership experience, Fred is steering the Food Bank of South Jersey the, the leading younger relief organization in the southern region of New Jersey into a future that builds upon the organization's core competencies while paving the way for innovation and sustainability. Wow, Fred, that's a huge that's a that's a huge statement. That's incredible. You just got me nervous about my <laughs> about my work there. No, no. I mean, we'll talk about it, but your work there has, has been truly incredible. You and your team. Uh, Fred has served on boards of directors for numerous nonprofit organizations. 
He's the owner principal of Humanix Consulting, where he provided consulting, training, coaching, and development services for board, staff, and nonprofit organizations. He also served 27 years, no way, Fred, I don't believe it, 27 years in several YMCAs spanning from New York to New Jersey as a program director to CEO and worked for Goodwill Industries of New Jersey and Philadelphia, initiating their community development program. He holds a master's of science degree in human services with a concentration in organizational management leadership. And let's see, and you reside in South Jersey with your wife and you have three wonderful children, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and a new grandson. So, wow, incredible. Yes. Incredible. So I'm so happy to have you. You know that I've wanted to have you on the show for a bit. So I'm glad we're finally doing this. <laughs> well, thank you for your patience. And, you know, <laughs> the year's not over yet, so I think we're ahead of schedule. That's right. We're coming in, We're coming in towards the end. So I'm glad I was able to get you on. But I know how busy you've been, especially, you know, um, with COVID uh, going on and, and, and the food bank. So give us, give us a little bit of a scope of the, the work you do at the food bank. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just, um, it's wonderful, the vocational work, if you will. Uh, you know, the, especially now during the pandemic, uh, you know, the hunger, uh, well, we were, in a, we were in a pandemic of food insecurity even before COVID hit. Uh, but what COVID has done, it's opened the eyes in, of Americans that hunger is real in America. And uh, we're still serving at a much larger percentage than we were pre-COVID. But keep this in mind, um, the 2008 recession, uh, food insecure numbers pre-2008 took 10 years to get back to those numbers. And so uh, this COVID, that the pandemic that we've all experienced has been the greatest food insecure event since the Great Depression. And so we're in this for a long haul. And um, we're just an organization that's blessed with a, a very good board of directors, uh, staff that is uh, mission uh, driven, uh, and really community support is helping us. Uh, we can't do it alone. So we've been blessed with um, community support and just all the stakeholders around the food bank that's really helping us uh, meet the needs of our community. It's incredible work. And I know you've been appearing and once, you know, in different media outlets, won awards, the, your organization has won awards, and then, the, you know, kudos to the incredible work that you and your team are doing. I'm going to get back to that because I want to talk about some of the team building that you do that I know about that I think is just incredible and all leaders um, need to do those types of things to, to continue to cultivate the relationships with their with their team. But before we do that, I just want to go back a little bit in time with you and talk a little bit about you and the type of uh, child you were growing up and what your dreams were when you were a kid and did you think you'd be doing all of this that you're doing right now oh absolutely not absolutely not you know i i, I was um it's interesting i i've probably been keeping a uh a, a journey journal if you will um since high school and now you know where all these journal things are i don't know but i, I do remember at one point um i i i was destined for something and i didn't know what that was um, now, I grew up in a, I have four brothers, uh, all our names are FCW, uh, we grew up in Niagara Falls, New York, um, and, you know, my, my immediate dream was to be a, a phys ed teacher, and I was inspired because uh, growing up in a school I, I went to, the, the ball was just rolled out, and I knew there was something more to uh, phys ed than gym, and I just didn't like the term gym teacher. Uh, so, you know, I, I got a, a, my bachelor's in physical education. Uh, but you know, it's you don't know really where the where you have aspirations, 
and goals. Uh, but I had no idea um, that I would ever be a food banker. And, you know, I, re I, I remind the staff there, no one went to college to, or, or trainings to be a food banker, but everything we've done before has prepared us uh, for what we're to do next. And, you know, you mentioned 27 years in the YMCA. What a wonderful career. Unbelievable. But I have no, I, I had no idea that I would be here at the food bank. And uh, so it's interesting. It's just, uh, you know, I always had a nonprofit, if you will, uh, mission heart, uh, just to help people. And it just was a, just one of those things. I think that um, for many of us, and I've said this before in other podcasts, nonprofit finds us. You know, it's, it's not that we're searching it out. Like you said, not a lot of people are just going to say, okay, I'm going to go work for the food bank. You know, that's, that's my dream. You know, people say they're going to be doctors, lawyers, or, or what have you, but it's not, you know, a typical thing. What do you think it is that led you to connect to nonprofit work? Was there a catalyst that made that happen in any way? Yeah, you know, I took a, uh, it's interesting, my senior year in college, I took, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was a Myers-Briggs or it was some type of assessment of what, what do you want to do? And, and even uh, during college, I worked for a, you know, a group home, um, if you will. It was, uh, and so it, it was just one of those, and a grocery store. I think everyone in their life have worked at some grocery store in one way or another. Uh, but it, the, the, it was interesting, the, uh, what came out of the Myers-Briggs that I would uh, be involved in some type of uh, physical environment uh, type work, like a phys ed teacher, if you will, or athletics. Uh, the other one, uh, really, it said clergy. And so for me, that was interesting. Uh, you know, what, uh, geez, am I going to be a priest or what, is the, what does that mean? Uh, but what I found, even after college, I mean, I grew up in a YMCA. I had no idea my senior year in college that the YMCA would actually be a career. And then I fell into it two years, three years after college. I taught for a couple of years. And I said, all right, this is interesting. You know, Young Men's Christian Association. Now, the Y has adapted and changed its brand. It's, you know, it's the Y now, not the YMCA. But I said, all right, maybe that was interesting because here I am uh, doing wonderful work to help people enhance their spirit, mind, body um, uh, through the physical education. My first job in a Y was, a phys was the physical director. Um, so it was interesting how this assessment led me to, all right, here's, here's my service. And at that point, I had no idea that, you know, I would be involved in just wonderful uh, YMCA work, Y work for, you know, the next 27 years. And uh, so that was a, a very good question. Thank you. And, uh, but yeah, looking back at it, so that assessment, I didn't, I didn't become a priest, uh, but, you know, I guess my heart or my calling was, was to serve and uh, just, a, just a blessed career. Well, it's interesting how, you know, I'm just listening to your journey uh, just in this few minutes, and it's kind of like you had taps on the shoulder along the way, but you didn't see, you can't, we don't see them. when we're, no. when. You know, it's, it sounds cliche, but you really can't fight the plan. And, uh, you know, is there a destiny for people? I don't know. You know, um, I, I like reaching, uh, you know, what's your five-year plan? What do, what do I want to do five years from now? What do I want to accomplish, you know? Who do I want to continue to be? It's it's a lifelong learning journey, and uh, I, I'm still on that still on that path. You know, I, I look at the uh, this role with the food bank. Incredible people. I mean, just people that I wish I knew 20 years ago. But here we are, 
serving a community under an international pandemic of such. And um, but who would have ever thought that it, you know, the why career would end? What's my next assignment? And so, you know, I look at this uh, food bank as I said no three times to the job opportunity at the food bank. And, um, you know, my, my wife, just so supportive, said, look, I support whatever you want to do. If, just, just put your application in. And that was the best thing I did three, three years ago. And uh, so it's, uh, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Well, it's interesting. So in between um, the work that you were doing, you, you um, had Humanix. And, you, you know, I know that we have that in common about the fact that we're both certified coaches. And just, just a, a quick backstory is that, you know, Fred and I met totally by accident, but there are no accidents, right? Fred, you meet people mm -hmm. the way for a reason. And so right, I was working for the NJBIA, wasn't supposed to go on an appointment with a colleague, decided last minute, let's go together because we're going to meet with Fred and his team at, at the food bank. And as we're talking, he talks about being a Y guy. And I'm like, okay, I worked at the Y. And I don't know even know how we, we got into talking about, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned or you mentioned it about being a coach. And uh, then we both found out we had that in common and yeah, and became friends ever since. And the one thing I'll say is it's just, like I said, you said it and we say it on the, on the podcast all the time. It's, you know, it's part, everything, everybody we meet is either our teacher or our student. And yeah. And, and I think that's so true in, in every single person that we come in contact with. So I'm grateful for that from you. You've been, you know, we've- Same here. And um, so let's talk a few minutes here about the coaching piece, because that was very interesting to me. And that obviously also has helped you at the, at the um, I'm sorry, at the food bank. That's also helped you with your team as well, becoming a coach. There's so many great, wonderful aspects to it that not just about one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah, you know, it's um, so after I left the why, uh, you know, what's next? And um, and so just, uh, you know, the epiphany of, um, well, I've been been part of a wonderful organization, you know, 30 years now, educator, nonprofit work. Um, all right, let me give back. And I just, um, you, you know, the philosophy of humanics, um, enhancing, you know, an individual as a whole person, spirit, mind, body and heart. And that was through Springfield College, uh, where I got my master's. So I said, wow, let me just, uh, that sounds pretty good name for, I didn't want to have Fred Wozniak LLC, but, you know, I wanted something with meaning. And so Humanics really was um, a part of that um, groundwork. And as I was thinking about, all right, how do I position, uh, you know, my services? And it just, uh, I had a conversation with a former colleague of some of the trials and tribulations um, YMCA CEOs go through, YMCA directors. Uh, it's, you know, it's just you're giving, 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 but how do you take a take pause and time out for yourself? And it was just this, like, holy smokes, you know, I live that. I live that, you know, 60 hour days and you have a family and how do you balance? How do you integrate? And I said, you know, the other thing I've, in all those years, I've been coaching staff, uh, coaching members, um, you know, coaching colleagues, and I said, well, there's got to be more to this than just, so I dove deep into uh, researching, you know, what, what, a, what a structured coaching program looks like. And it was just eye-opening, but also I realized it was affirming that, um, you know, my journey of uh, uh, nonprofit work, there was a structure now to actually a coaching process. And I just fell in love with it. 
And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, everyone has the answers within them. Uh, the coach is not there to tell you what to do. The coach is there to uh, challenge and bring out the best of you. Uh, and it's just, uh, it, and it's a incredible magic when, you know, you're, you're in a in coaching relationship, if you will, and uh, you just see change and uh, transformation uh, and so forth. So it's, uh, it's really, a, yeah, it's a cool thing. I enjoy I it. I always say, you're, we, you know, our role is to uncover the, the very treasure, the gems that are inside mm. of. Yeah, you know, very true. And, and, that, and that is very true. So now, I know that you and I've talked about some of the things that you've done for um, at the Wise, and then, you know, during your speaking opportunities that you've had, and of course, internally at the food bank, you know, what are some of those things that you have found, uh, exercises that you've found to be really successful for those CEOs and leaders who may be listening to this? What are some of those things you can do to make sure that you continue to engage your staff, especially because we're in this hybrid still in some cases? What can what can people do to help coach their staff and make them feel together, even if they're separated? Yeah, that's um, uh, you know, I think just think of compassion, you know, and there's that this whole thing about coaching with compassion, you know, meet people where they are, uh, empathize with them. But the, you know, the most important key of that, in order to meet people where they are and, and truly be authentic, is you have to be present. And if you're not present with self, and that's why, you know, mindfulness, you know, um, if I can, uh, compassion, mindfulness, uh, and selflessness, you know, three, three key ingredients, I believe, um, resonates well uh, with people who are hungry for leadership, hungry for direction, but also hungry for that sense of belonging. And when you meet people where they are and you're mindfully present, um, you know, that, that servant leadership uh, comes out naturally uh, and that resonates uh, with people. You know, we're all people. Um, you know, and I like to think about when you're present in the present when you're present in a presence with someone, that is a present. That's a gift to them. And that's a gift of kindness. And just being present and listening, truly his, listening, because verbally you might be hearing what someone is telling you, but when you're mindfully present, you're hearing more around what the person's really saying. Now you can really dive deep and start the uh, coaching with compassion, um, you know, a process. Simon Sinek has a great book called, um, I think it's called um, Leaders Eat Last. Mm -hmm. And it's a wonderful book. It talks about uh, the sense of belonging and how, you know, neuroscience and the dopamine and the oxytocin, uh, when, the, when those neurotransmitters are activated, um, you know, there's a natural uh, neurological, if you will, um, event that happens with a uh, bonding uh, between people, between groups. And when you're present, and right now, Jody, you're nodding. You're nodding, you're agreeing with me. You are just throwing all kinds of dopamine my way. And I'm just getting like, oh my gosh, you know, this person's listening to me, I'm feeling good. Uh, what we missed during the pandemic were the smile. Smile is more contagious than a yawn. We can see a smile through the Zoom here, but when you're in person, you know, that smile or that handshake you know, that handshake is oxytocin. There's that bonding. And, 
and you know uh, we've missed all that just you know through all aspects of our, our, our humanity in the last um, 18 months. But when you bring that to an individual level within an organization or a group, but then you open that up into a group setting, uh, really there's uh, just magic that happens um, in, in engagement, you know, the, the team building, the trust within groups. Uh, and that's uh, kind of the journey that we took the last three, we've, the last three years at the food bank. I know that you were having meetings consistently, you know, with your team and, and doing th some fun things with them to keep them engaged. Um, any any um, any examples you could give us to give to? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. How long are we supposed to be here today? <laughs> well, again, um, you know, your journey of life, everything that you learn, experience, the ups and downs, the the learning events, the continuing reading prepares you for what you're not sure what actually is preparing you for uh you know taking over the um uh you know being blessed with uh the position at the food bank uh it was an organization uh that was hurting if you will and so it wasn't just an individual um but it was a whole organization that i had to meet with compassion um, and one of the things you know, i call it raising the bar you know how do you create a sense of belonging um, because especially in a food bank or any any organization, you know, with there's so much to achieve, uh, and it's only it only gets done through deepening those relationships. So you know, raising the bar, belonging, achievement, uh, relationships, and uh, two quick two key questions. Uh, you know, I we created um, just to break down barriers uh, on the first day. Um, I randomly uh, through a series of uh, just engagement exercises, and then we, we created uh, neighborhoods, if you will. So it was like group work. And each neighborhood uh, consisted of different people from different departments uh, within the food bank. Uh, but I, I asked two questions. I said, what are you most proud of in this organization? And secondly, uh, what is one thing we can do better? Now, this is four hours into November 5th, 2018. Those two questions uh, brought uh, freedom, if you will, brought empowerment, brought that uh, it was their voice. And ever since then, uh, this neighborhood, you know, any new staff that we have, they'll join the neighborhood and neighborhoods created names. Um, you know, they created their own. So from that one question, what is one thing we can do better? Immediately engage this organization, uh, not just what we can do better, the challenge was, okay, Let's put an action plan to what you need to want to do better with your neighborhood group. Let's put an action plan. And it's evolved into, you know, six, five neighborhoods, uh, six at a table, eight at a table. Again, we, we, we've grown tremendously staff wise, um, especially with the pandemic, just to build out capacity. I think now we have eight or nine neighborhoods. Um, so part of the staff orientation is, um, you know, you become part of a, a neighborhood and you, you jump right in there. But that created that sense of belonging. Uh, you know that people are able to work together uh you know celebrate together uh su succeed in action steps together and it wasn't me and this is where coaching right coaching comes in i was not there to tell them what needed to be done they helped me understand uh the climate and what we needed to do and so my role is just to support and make sure they have the resources they have the opportunities um as we move forward and i believe that work jody 
pre-pandemic that all that work we did, including a strategic plan with the whole organization, prepared us uh, to thrive through this pandemic. And we're still in it um, versus then trying to survive. And so uh, it was, yeah, a, a magical time. Yeah, incredible. So I, I think some of the listeners may want to understand what, what is a neighborhood? Can you share a little bit about what, what a neighborhood means? Yeah, well, we serve neighborhoods. You know, our model at the food bank, uh, we, we're in 58 different communities in four counties, Camden, Burlington, Gloucester, and uh, Salem County. Uh, and we have over 205 plus pantries, partnering organizations, other 501c3 nonprofits uh, that we provide food services to. And they serve their neighborhoods. And so just to model, um, you know, just what this team was doing, is doing, the food bank's been around for 30, you know, our food bank's been around for 36 years. We're serving neighborhoods, we're serving individuals and communities. Um, so to have just that, carry over that service that we do, let's serve each other. You know, we have our neighborhoods and each, each neighborhood consisted again of, you know, six to eight people from all different departments, you know, our operations staff, our program staff, health and wellness staff, um, you know, our, our drivers, our warehouse staff, you know, all these different roles um, are part of a neighborhood, inclusion. And so, uh, and, and it's, uh, everyone has a voice. And so that really resonated. And, uh, but it's really just, um, you know, it's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't go without blood, sweat, and tears. You know, every neighborhood has its has its things, right? Even just in our 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 normal neighborhoods, like you know, geez, that neighborhood that neighbor's too loud, or that neighbor won't be quiet. All oh, this neighbor has, you know, knows all the answers. But what's great about that is the, you know, the diversity within the neighborhoods just makes it a more powerful outcome. And uh, so it's uh, it's good stuff. Oh, that that's wonderful. You know, everything everything comes down to connection, right? We want to mm -hmm. be connected. We're human beings. That's just what we we need. We need that. Like you said, being in person, all being and being able to feel energy is something that we were all missing while we were on Zoom. And at your, you know, having your neighbors and your neighborhood that gives you different energy. Walking into a, you know, our, one of our favorite places, Starbucks. Well, you know, you, there's energy when you walk in into that um, into that establishment where everybody knows your name. Yeah. <laughs> Giving away my trade secrets, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to keep working for that free drink, so I understand. And absolutely, without a doubt, um, I should have them as a sponsor of this. Podcast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but um, but you know, I think that 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 there's that common denominator, and so don't get me wrong. I'm trying to make sure I understand. In the neighborhoods, do they have meetings? And oh yeah, about certain things that is like you know something that they want to accomplish or do as an as a neighborhood. Yeah, that is correct. So. All the action steps, the actionable items, uh, the tasks, uh, they created uh, within our own. So after the first year, we have uh, a quarterly st all staff meetings. Uh, so the neighborhood, you know, at the end of that first meeting, they presented to the whole group. All right, here's here's our top priority. Uh, one, two, three things that we want to see different. And here's what we're going to do about it. And so they would create and then three months later they would come back and report back to the whole group um uh, and, and their progress 
And so again, this has been going on. Uh, even we even had uh, you know all Zoom meetings and neighborhoods would would meet. But what also the dynamic of that is the uh, supervisors in the warehouse uh, were committed to ensuring that our fork forklift pullers or truck drivers actually built in time to meet with the neighborhoods, so no one's excluded. Uh, and that and that's challenging too, because you know we want to ensure no one all the food were to distribute that day does get distributed. Uh, but we've worked around that. And so, you know, it's um, all voices are equal within a neighborhood and it has grown. You know, one neighborhood is um, uh, we have a monthly newsletter now. And so they're like the producers, the reporters, the publishers. Um, and every month, uh, Juneteenth, you know, we have a, what we um, call the, oh my goodness, um, It'll come, it'll come to me. It's a great name. Uh, but the one neighborhood um, is uh, working with all, you know, our DEI uh, programs. Um, and so uh, they planned a wonderful celebration, which it was the first time all our staff were together uh, since we shut down the pandemic this past June. But we, uh, we set up, a, a, you know, just a wonderful uh, festive luncheon outdoors. Um, uh, so anyway, so each neighborhood, uh, communication, uh, safety, and so all these neighborhoods just took uh, and they change year to year too, depending on the needs that they create and, and moving so forth. So it's a, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's ever evolving, but it really has brought that sense of, as Simon Sinek talks about, you know, that sense of belonging is so strong. You, you can't dictate, you have to belong, you have to do this. Uh, but when it's authentically, um, you know, from ground up and it becomes their own, uh, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. And for me, it's just, uh, you know, to, again, to be part of this. Uh, uh, and again, I'm part of all the neighborhoods, you know, so it's not um, our de our department heads are kind of the uh, community leaders because there's different neighborhoods and different communities. So we've really evolved to a really wonderful sense of belonging. Um, so, but that name will come to me. No, no. And when it does, just let us know. We have yes. the time. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. The reason I wanted you to really hear that was because I think that not a lot of times, especially because we've been in such uncharted territory right now with what everybody's been dealing with, a lot of leaders have just, as we all have been, overwhelmed just trying to figure out what they were going to do about staff, what they were going to do about services. Yeah. And weren't able to always cultivate the relationships internally within the organization, you know, and I've heard stories of that. And that's why I love giving examples of things that have worked for those who may be searching for ideas, you know, it's uh, uh, since we're, we're all human. So whether you're you're in the for profit or the size of a nonprofit or a community organization, you know, you, you can't fight neuroscience and the, the power of, uh, of of that bonding of um, you know the oxytocin and uh, and the dopamine and and those relationships. Uh, it does work. It does work, but you know, you just um, you just got to put ego aside and trust, you know, the people that were that are part of that organization. And and our we started talking about working remotely even before the pandemic. And uh, what was interesting is that what came out of that is if if you trust your staff within the confines of your building, your facility. Then why can't you trust them outside of that? And what we found with the pandemic, um, you know, immediately 50% of our staff went remote as many organizations, but we needed our 
you know, our hands on the boxes, our drivers, our pullers, uh, and essential workers, frontline workers to ensure that everyone's getting fed. Uh, but, you know, our environment, uh, it, people thrived. And not everyone, not, you know, 99% of our staff thrived working uh, because we already created a strong bond, a strong trust. If you don't trust people in the building, well, first, you shouldn't have them on your team. Secondly, why would you trust them if they're going to work outside the building? So, again, it just comes around that whole concept of, you know, the, the culture of, of that you build around engagement, around that sense of belonging, around trust. You know, our health and wellness department, uh, we have 15 educators, health educators that would go out and teach healthy nutrition classes uh, to the 200 plus pantries in our, you know, the 58 communities. But when COVID hit, uh, they were incredible. They pivoted to over 30 online curricula, uh, a couple of thousand uh, sessions. So people were, were able to access uh, their online nutrition teaching uh, versus in face-to-face. In, uh, -face. Now it's a hybrid. But again, we had a team that you trust to go out to these communities and teach uh, right in front. Um, boy, did they take it to the next step when they created all these online courses uh, being remote. Uh, so it really, it's, uh, but it all starts with, uh, you know, foundational culture, uh, the, the leadership and the team around you that really makes these things happen. I'm not in this alone. I mean, it's, it's an incredible team of people. Um, and, you know, I, anytime I'm in a room, uh, you know, with uh, my lead team, I, I am not the smartest one in the room. And so it's an incredible challenge to try to stay, to stay a step ahead of this great group. And boy, they hold me accountable as well. And that's, that's okay. Yes. And I know they have a special jar in your office. Am I, am I correct? On <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing money daily. It's, it's the, the dead joke jar. Every, every dad joke, I have to put a dollar in there. And so I'm going to have to get a second jar. But it's fun. <laughs> yes. And that's what I, that's the one thing I have to say is when I walked in to the food bank, I could have, you know, in the offices um, when we went to meet, I have to say, you could definitely feel the culture difference within the organization, just see the dynamic. And I think that that's really important when you cultivate the relationships and really connect and ask questions and let them have a voice. And all of those yeah. things are so, so incredibly important. Um, I did want to know, though, too, and of all the things that you've done, and, and what an incredible career that, that is just still continuing and, and you're doing such amazing work. What would you say is was your, your greatest um, your greatest reward to date? Professionally? Professional. We know, I'm gonna assume, I might assume, and I should never assume, the grandson might be, and the kids. Mm. Beyond that. <laughs> oh, I, that's a very good question. The greatest reward to date, um, I think just collectively to be blessed to um, be able to serve. That's all I have for you on that one. No, <laughs> that's, but that's such a big I, one, right? It, it is. I just, um, and, and, and I'm not done yet. So, you know, I, I, I hope I, you know, there, there's more to do, more to accomplish. I'm not sure what all that means, but I think it's just a collective that just been blessed with the opportunity to serve. You know, and, and for those who are listening who may be in a space of, well, I've got all these obstacles. I, I have my dreams. I'm very connected to what I want to do. I don't know how to get there. Is there an obstacle that you had experienced that you could share that you were able to overcome? 
Because maybe maybe your journey was just so well placed for you, but not everybody has. Oh place. no, no, you know, I think as all people, you know, you've been hired, you've been fired, um, you you don't get a grant that you wanted, or you didn't, you know, just just all kinds of things. But you just got to take that breath and say, okay, what does this experience mean? Am I going to dwell in the sorrow? Of a, of a down or am I going to say okay what is it I need to do to be better or learn from this because all our experiences really they're just learning events that helps us build resilience knowledge awareness being able to be a mentor through those experiences you know it, it's how many times you get back up on the horse um, but if you get back up on the horse one more time than you fell down you're going to keep moving forward and uh you know just with um just encouragement a support group uh family friends uh colleagues you know your your personal board if you will you know your board of directors you know hire those people that you can rely on and you know through through my you know all these years now that uh you know there's so many people that you know i probably have one of the largest board of directors <laughs> around but it's a, your support group. But it's also um, knowing that there's something more, and you can't fight the plan. So, you know, if if an obstacle comes in your way, all right, how do you respond to it? Where we get in trouble, or we really um, find ourselves um, going downwards when we react to something. But when you take that step back and you and you pause for a second, and how do you respond to a situation? Really opens up the door uh, for. Uh, just for wonderful things that you had no idea uh, you just keep going you just gotta just uh, dig deep and just believe in yourself uh, have faith and uh, keep moving it forward because wonderful things are, are around that corner and one of the things that i learned and i learned a little later i wish i would have learned it earlier was about mentorship as you said and finding those people that you can connect with who can help guide you um and and they come from you know, not your typical places sometimes. Sometimes it's a colleague, sometimes it's a teacher. I've heard a lot of teacher stories. Um, it, sometimes it's your best friend, but it's it's who is it that's gonna believe in you enough or as you're learning to believe in yourself because we, we all try to do that, but sometimes it's more difficult. So I, I think like, you know, I've learned so much from you and, and so many of my change maker guests and it's, it's incredible the, if you open up enough and be present, as you said, and that's key. And be present in the moment to be willing to be taught. Does that does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it, it does. And here's a, a just a quick story, if I may, about not knowing where your journey goes. <clears throat> My senior year in high school, um, I got a letter from the Springfield College basketball coach. Uh, you know, they were looking at me to play basketball. That was so exciting. <laughs> About three weeks later, I got a letter from the admissions department that my grades weren't good enough to enter the college. I said, oh my gosh. Well, in Springfield College was known as the, the YMCA College, you know, the birth of YMCA um, education, if you will. And, but at, in high school, I just wanted to play basketball at the place where basketball was invented. It was just like a cool thing. Well, about 28 years later, uh, well, my, my daughter, we visited Springfield College. She got accepted. She fell in love with it. So I was living vicariously through my daughter going to Springfield College. Well, her um, 
she ended up staying there to get her master's. And at that point, I said, you know what? Let me go get my master's. And, and lo and behold, I got my master's degree from Springfield College and we graduated together uh, with our master's degree. And so I, you know, I'm convinced I invented selfies, but we have this beautiful selfie. So my time was not to be at Springfield College back in the 70s. You know, my time was not to get my master's at any other university. But the cool thing is, is that my time was to actually celebrate and just have the honor of standing. How beautiful is that? Can't fight the plan. Just gotta, you gotta just wrap your arms around it and make the best of it and beautiful things happen. That, wow. Okay. I always say I have to bring tissues when I do podcasts and I never have them near me. Um, honestly, what an incredible story. And thank you for sharing that with us, Fred. That, that was just great. And yeah. there is no better way to say about how your journey is than that story. And, you know, just incredible that you were able to share that and share that with your daughter. Well, and, and, and the other thing with um, getting that master's really set the, set the stage for me to start humanics consulting because it was that humanics philosophy. You know, so looking back, like, oh my gosh, I was so frustrated and so like, oh, why can't I get this? Why can't I do this now? But looking back, everything had its place in time to grow, uh, develop and move forward. You know, just, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I could, I could talk to you for hours and I know there's just so many stories that, that we can all learn from because everybody learns from Fred. That's for sure. Anybody who comes in contact with him. <laughs> oh, you're too you, kind. People can tell you that. And, and just a, um, a quick plug here is that Fred, Fred is going to be, uh, be running the international networking at the International Changemakers. Oh, pressure. <laughs> it's going to be super great. And just to be able to He's going to give us some exercises to do so that we can connect and be present with those from all over the world. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, I'm, I'm just um, honored to uh, for you to invite me to um, lead that opening uh, engagement activity. And I'm really looking forward to it. You're doing great work, Jody. Oh, thanks, Fred. Appreciate all that you're doing. Thank you. Well, I'm going to ask you the last question I ask all of my guests. And um, it is... Uh, so many different answers, which I love, is if you knew then what you know now, what would that be? Be patient. Yeah, that's it. That, 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 that's two words. Just be patient because the journey, it's a beautiful journey. Um, I, that's overall. Boy, I got to dig deep. This is why I do not prepare my guests because we want to say that one more time. If you knew then what you know now, what would that be? What would you tell your younger self? And be patient was a really great one because yeah, immediately. Just um, have fun. It's going to be okay. And it's okay. It is. And I'm just so grateful to have met you along this journey. Um, you know, like I said, uh, it, it's just, it's incredible. So everybody today and tomorrow and but we're live, we can only live in today. Mm -hmm. Watch for the signs and be and make sure that those that you um, are connecting with be present for. I think those are the gems that we can take out of today's uh, interview, Fred, is that um, yeah. being present and making sure to be, uh, when you're feeling that connection, be right there on the journey with that other person you're talking to. Very good, yeah, absolutely.
So any anything at well before we go, please tell everybody where they can find information about the food bank and how they can support the food bank. That's very yeah. Important. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Uh, foodbanksj.org. You know uh, this pandemic again has opened the eyes that hunger is real in America. You yourself, a neighbor, a friend uh, may have uh, need of food. You know, uh, experiencing food insecurity. On our website. Uh, there's a food finder. You just have to plug in your zip code and it'll help direct you to a pantry in the neighborhood that you live. Again, we're in 58 communities, 200 plus uh, uh, pantries. Uh, the other thing is that uh, monetary uh, donations really help us purchase uh, the right healthy plate foods. Uh, $1 equals three meals. Um, so if you find it within uh, your means, um, you can go to our website, foodbanksj.org, and um, you can find the tab to help. Uh, to donate and support uh, a local neighbor, a friend, a family member. Um, so thank you, thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. So any la anything else? Any last messages from Fred today? Yeah, you know, this is we talk about coaching with compassion, and uh, uh, and just you know, it's asking those questions. You know, leadership is asking those right questions, and uh, coaching isn't telling someone what to do, but you bring out the best of them. But, but one of the things I try to remember, uh, you know, our staff at the food bank and anyone in, in your journey is, uh, you know, to remind people what their purpose is, you know, that there is hope. Um, also, you know, you want to have that uh, compassionate, um, you know, environment uh, and mindfulness, you know, again, to be present, be in tune with the whole person's spirit, mind, body and heart tells you more than just what they're saying. Uh, and lastly, anytime anyone leaves your conversation, they should feel inspired and that it was a fun, uh, you know, a fun, fun environment um, and so forth. So uh, that's that's the compassionate um, realm out there. You know, provide hope, show compassion, be mindful uh, and just stay inspired and have fun along the way. Thank you for all those beautiful messages, Fred. I so enjoyed our conversation. Same here. And keep keep up the phenomenal work that you're doing. I mean, just an incredible. So I, I'm blessed to know you, and I am excited about March 24th, where you'll be leading our uh, our event. So oh, yeah, that's and 2022, right? 2022, 20, March 24, 2022. Tickets are actually available already, so I'm excited about that. Excellent. All right, so I'm going to say what I always say at the end of every podcast. Today is the day you cannot go back to yesterday and you do not yet own tomorrow. So what small or large step are you going to take today to get yourself closer to your goals? Fred Waziak, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you very much. Day. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Make it a great day. Exactly. Um, bye, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. -bye.